This is a Real Presence Radio News link. The Diocese of Fargo is resuming the celebration of public masses beginning today. However, certain safety protocols must be followed to make this possible. Those include social distancing, receiving communion on the hand, and limiting the number of persons admitted to each church at any given time. You can read Bishop Fulda's full statement of the directives online at fargodiocese.org. Beginning Wednesday, the Bismarck Diocese will also be resuming public Masses. Like in Fargo, certain directives must be followed in parishes. Bishop Kagan's letter with the revised directives for celebrating the Mass and sacraments can be found online at BismarckDiocese.com. In South Dakota, Bishop DeGroote of the Diocese of Sioux Falls and Father Michael Malloy of the Diocese of Rapid City are working on a plan for resuming public Masses once social distancing and hygiene practices are in place at each parish. Specific dates have not been determined, but will not begin before May 15th. And in Minnesota, public masses continue to be suspended following an extension of the stay-at-home order by Governor Tim Walz. Extension lasts until May 18th, and this has been a Newslink. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Easter greetings. This is Steve Sponskowski. I hope you are all safe and well. It has been a great joy to serve as Executive Director for Real Presence Radio for just over 13 years. It has been a very blessed time for my family and a great opportunity to learn to serve and trust. Our family has discerned that the Lord is calling us to step out on the water in faith and follow Him. Where that will lead, we do not yet know, but we are beginning our search. I am working on a transition plan with our Board of Directors, and Real Presence Radio is now accepting applications for the position of Executive Director. It is a very rewarding opportunity for somebody with a great love for the Church, evangelization through radio, and a proven skill for leadership. For more information and a job description, call us at 701-795-0122 and ask for Brittany, or email brittany at realpresenceradio.com. Thank you for all we have been able to accomplish together, and thank you for your continued prayers for Real Presence Radio and our family. Hello, I'm Linda Baldwin with the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. We are now open, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday and 9 to 5 on Saturdays. We're located at 3709 South Grange, just west of Costco. We stock Catholic books, artwork, saint medals, rosaries, Bibles, parish supplies, plus mystic monk coffee and gifts for those special occasions like baptisms, First Communion, and Confirmation. I look forward to your visit to the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. We're grateful to have you with us this morning. Did you know that while the coronavirus and the corona precautions continue, we're broadcasting the Daily Mass celebrated by one of our local priests live on the radio and via the Facebook Live app and on YouTube Monday through Friday. You can tune in at 9 a.m. Central and listen and watch live. The video will also be available at any time to watch after that. So we're here this morning at the Holy Spirit Church in Virginia, part of the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota, and it is Mark Cheney. I'm your host alongside the radio microphone phones of Father Brandon Moravitz and 
Ben Frost. Thanks, Mark. We've got a fantastic uh, next guest, and that's Dan Hammer. He's one of uh, the seminarians for the Diocese of Duluth, and actually I met Dan uh, several years ago when I was in Winona, Minnesota. He was a seminarian studying there before he uh, went to Rome, but uh, Dan, welcome to the show, and uh, good morning. Good morning, Ben. Thank you very much. Yeah, just tell us maybe a little bit about yourself, your background, a little bit about Dan Hammer. Yeah, so I was born in Memphis, Tennessee, actually. It's usually surprising when I share that with people. Uh, my family and I moved up to Iowa for a number of years, and then about 10 years ago, we moved up to Minnesota. Um, so I'm 26. I've been in seminary now since 2015, I think, so it's been about five years. Yeah, and Dan, it's so great to have you here in Virginia. Um, I got called by the vocations director of the Diocese of Duluth, which is my little brother, Father Ryan Moravitz, who many of you know out there. I know Father Ryan had a show here on Real Presence uh, Live uh, a, a number of months ago. Um, but Dan, he, he, Father Ryan called and said, would you take Dan Hammer for the summer? And I said, of course I take Dan. I'd love to have a seminary in Virginia. So here you are. You're a seminarian. You're two years away from being a priest. Like, what, what drew you into... Um, Stepping out into the deep and saying, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna consider discerning being a priest." What, what, what's that story? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I would say a lot of prayer from those around me was really the the catalyst. I would say, or one of the catalysts. Um, but what had happened is that after, so I had really good friends in Iowa, and after we had moved up to Minnesota, there was a death of one of my friends at 18 years old, um, about three years after I had moved up to Minnesota, and so there was a lot of guilt I would say that I took on from his death because when we were hanging out we weren't doing things crazy or anything like that but after I had left there were some I guess shady things that he was into and so just took on a lot of guilt during that time um, and so it was actually one morning in adoration and the background to just me going to adoration anyway is that my dad had invited me to go to adoration Thursday mornings at 5:30 in the morning or something um, I said, I'll think about it, but then he promised me breakfast. And so I said, yeah, I'll go. I would love to, you know, go for breakfast, stay for Jesus, I suppose. Um, but there was one time where he was not able to make it that Thursday morning. I said, I was thinking, great, I will be able to sleep in on Thursday morning. I won't have to go. It won't be a problem. But then I, the Lord woke me up on Thursday morning. And so I went and I really prayed for the first time in my life, I would say, of just sharing with the Lord the struggles and the guilt that I had felt with the death of one of my friends. And just an outpouring of love, I would say almost a, a wellspring within, um, was just, yeah, coming up and feeling the Lord's love for me in that moment within my brokenness, within my sorrow, within my joys as well. And so that knowing the Lord, the encountering the Lord, is really what opened up my heart to be able to say yes to Him in other aspects of my life. And it wasn't necessarily a light switch for me, um, but it was a... But it was a continual movement within the life of virtue, within the life of holiness, as I continued to strive toward the Lord in my relationship with Him as He was calling me. Now, was it shortly after that that you made the decision to enter seminary, or how did that work? It was actually a few years after that. Okay. Yeah, so it was, I finished at Central Lakes College, the community college up in Brainerd, Minnesota, and then studied at Iowa State for a year and a half. And I took a semester off, and then I entered seminary. Um, just really on my heart, because living a life that wasn't fulfilling, not really liking the academics that I was in. I was in a relationship for about three years, and it just, it reached a point where the Lord was calling me 
and I needed to say yes to that because it was just always a question in my mind that just kept coming up. Yeah. yeah. And so, Dan, you went to uh, Immaculate Heart of Mary Seminary in Winona for your undergraduate at St. Mary's, uh, and then from there, um, the bishop uh, invited you and gave you the opportunity to go to North American College in Rome, um, which has been, I'm sure, a unique um, experience of both joys and struggles um, being there in that such a beautiful place and kind of the heart of the church. Uh, but you, you were there um, when this whole COVID outbreak took place. Um, do you want to just kind of speak to that experience in Rome um, and then you're getting sent back to the States and not being able to finish your year of formation? Yeah. Yeah, so I was, it's my second year in Rome. And yeah, just this semester, I mean, with coronavirus hitting, it was, it was a whirlwind, needless to say. Yeah. The Italians, oh, they're so dang good, though. They, they handled it so well. Um, so they, they started slowly closing things down, whether that was certain businesses. The universities, after a while, said, we're not going to meet face-to-face anymore. We'll go to remote or online learning. So we did that. And it was a few weeks after that where the rector of the seminary, in consultation with the U.S. Embassy and the Board of Governors, said, I'm stopping for suspending formation for this year and the rest of this academic year and we'll you know meet back again hopefully this fall um but yeah so the italian people they're so so good they every night at about six o'clock they would open their windows or go out on their balconies because this was a stay-at-home order had been issued but they would either sing or play instruments just to let others know around them that they're still there and so just upbuilding one another in that capacity. Yeah. How was the morale at the, at the college itself? Like, were people kind of, I mean, in America, we were kind of watching things unfold here, but Italy was kind of in the media a lot. So, like, what was it like uh, studying there and in the college? Were people anxious at all, or what, was, what were people feeling or thinking? Yeah, so there are about 200 of us that study at the college. And within, within that, I mean, you get a lot of range of emotions and a lot of different ways of responding to it. So some guys... We're, we're kind of nervous about it. Some guys um, were not so nervous about it. But there was a certain point where the rector said that if the guys had received an okay from their diocese and from their bishop, that they would be able to go home. And so about half the seminary had left to go home. And then there were about half of us that had stayed for the next week and a half or so. Um, but yeah, there was a certain point where we couldn't leave the seminary grounds. Yeah, yeah. Our guest today is Dan Hammer. And this segment of Real Presence Live, Mark Cheney, your host, alongside Father Brandon Moravitz and Ben Frost. You know, Dan, you had uh, mentioned the other day, uh, we were talking, and you've had an experience of being able to spend some time with the Missionaries of Charity in Rome. Um, the Missionaries of Charity are the order that um, St. Teresa of Calcutta, better known as Mother Teresa, um, the order that she started. And there's such an incredible group of women that are so committed to the Lord and the poorest of the poor. Um, and you, you shared with me a, a profound experience that you had working with the sisters and some of the residents. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I would love to. So I've been serving with the missionaries of charity in Rome at one of their houses where this is um, a men's residence, basically. So men who are destitute, not really doing well physically or emotionally, and are homeless, are go and live there for a certain period of time. It's kind of undetermined, and the sisters take care of them day in and day out. And most of the men there speak Italian, some speak English, and I got to know one of the gentlemen who speaks English, because my Italian isn't the best, needless to say. I can order out at a restaurant or something like that, but that's the extent of it. And just getting to know this, this gentleman, and there was a certain point where he had started speaking to his sister again, with whom he hadn't spoken in about 20 years or so. Um, and their speaking was via text message, and his hands don't work the best. And so sister, mother, the mother there, asked me to help him and be his hands, be his instrument. 
And so I, I mean, we slowly would, because we had already had established a relationship. And so then I was asked to do this for this gentleman. And so I would type out what he asked me to, to his sister. And so I was able to be in a very privileged position to be a very small instrument, literally just the hands of a reconciliation between brother and sister. And so we would, I would talk to him about it as far as just the struggles of growing up, just kind of feelings of loneliness and kind of being an outcast of the family, as he would say. But then being able to be there at, at this small reconciliation between brother and sister. Um, and so we would usually end with a prayer at the end, this gentleman and I. And there was one moment where he, I, I said, all right, I'll start the prayer. And then if you have any intentions, we'll finish it off that way. And at the very end, he was just kind of looking off into, into space, I suppose, in the distance. And he said, Lord, I love you. You know that I love you. And we just kind of sat there in that, in that prayer, that very simple prayer, but that, that childlike sense of faith and trust in the Lord, knowing that he's there. And this, and this man's not even Catholic. Yeah. I mean, this, the sisters are teaching him the rosary, teaching him more <laughs> about the faith, but he just, he knows who the Lord is in a very real way because he has encountered him, mm. um, both the Lord and then the healing grace of the Lord in the relationship with his sister as well. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I, it's a great reminder that often unforgiveness kind of shackles our hearts. And so often when we hold on to that bitterness and that unforgiveness, we're unable sometimes to fully receive the love of God. Um, and so this is a perfect instance of God called you to have this incredible opportunity to kind of mediate this healing through these text messages. But, but it, the fruit of it is the Lord. <laughs> and, and anything that we do, like the desire is that people come in relationship with the Lord so that this man then comes to this place like, Lord, you love me. Lord, I love you. Um, that, isn't that what it's all about? That when we find that reconciliation with our brothers and sisters, then we're more free to receive the love of God. Um, it's, it's, what, a, what a beautiful story, Ben. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm curious too with, uh, I, I've met a couple people that have been privileged to work with uh, the Sisters of Charity. Missionaries, missionaries of Charity. Missionaries of Charity. <laughs> and um, I'm just curious about, so you're studying as a seminarian to be a priest. <laughs> and is there something from that experience, working with the poorest of the poor, that you feel would enhance your preparation? or your, uh, When you become a priest, like how will that help you in, in your ministry to people? Yeah, I think there's a lot that can be learned um, with serving with the poor. And because we talk about poverty, and one way we talk about it is that the physical poverty or the financial poverty, but there's also an emotional poverty, spiritual poverty, and other types of poverty that someone goes through. And it's uncomfortable to be in that, in the midst of that poverty, hmm. because it's, it's outside of our comfort zone. We don't want to look at something that's not beautiful, I suppose. I mean, there's just something in us that wants to kind of turn away from it. And so it's working against our fallen human nature because Jesus himself, who became incarnate, went right to the center of sin, right to the center of what it means to be fallen. But then as he's redeeming us, we're able to participate within that. And so I think just that sense of, again, whether it's physical poverty, but also spiritual poverty. And I think that's what we suffer more so from over here in the United States is a spiritual poverty. Um, and so it's, it's being able to be in the midst of that and the uncomfortableness that that entails, but then allowing the Lord to work through us, through our own weakness, to serve those who need, need help in that way. Yeah, and, and Dan, I think that is going to help you so much um, because as a priest, you enter into the mess of people's lives. 
and it can be it could be really jarring or it can be incredibly beautiful all right and when you enter in like it's incarnational you become like christ you enter into the the miseries and the sufferings of of those you're called to serve but then from that like shelley who we interviewed earlier you enter into that suffering and that darkness, but then all of a sudden you see the light of Christ come out of it, and it's, it's the most incredible thing. So I just want to encourage you in your vocation to persevere, um, continue to remain faithful to the Lord, and know he'll provide for every one of your needs. And if God one day brings you to this place of priesthood, you'll never regret it. You couldn't give me a billion dollars to not be a priest. Um, so I, I look forward to the day to welcome you as a priest in the Diocese of Duluth. Thanks for being with us. Yes, Thanks, thank you very Dan. much. Have a thank great you. day. Thank you. Another Another moving segment to our, our program this morning on Real Presence Live. Coming up next, the uh, Director of Vocations in the Bismarck Diocese. And later, we'll slow down a bit and reflect on the mysteries of the Most Holy Rosary. Keep in mind your personal intentions as we lay them at the foot of Jesus through our Blessed Mother. This and so much more coming up on Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.